Hey, this is Barbara Corcoran, and you're tuned in to Business Unusual. Throw away your Harvard degree and listen to me. You're going to learn a lot more. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. So I'm going to start the show today with a question I got from a guy named Jim in Marietta, Georgia. And the reason for this is because I get a lot of questions like this, and I wanted to give it some attention on the front side here. Jim asked me whether it's best to blindly encourage entrepreneurs to pursue their ideas or to set them up for the risks that they're about to encounter or tell them the reality that they're likely to face. Well, I agree wholeheartedly that it's good to tell people the reality. It's almost mean to encourage someone to go down a road you don't think that's going to get them where they want to go or yield any results. And very often, this is a friend. And then that even creates a larger obligation to tell them like it is, okay? But most investors I know don't succeed in business because they are good at dreaming and they're good at starting things, but they're no good at making money with what they've started. And I think this is at the core of a lot of inventors who start businesses as to why they don't succeed. But thank God for the inventors, because without them, we wouldn't have started many of the businesses that we enjoy every day in life. And you really need the inventors to get the fire started. But what we also need in an inventor is the ability and the capacity to bring something to market to figure a way to turn their great invention into cash. And that's where so many inventors fall short. So I'm sure you've watched on Shark Tank, which I appreciate every time I see it. My wonderful co-shark, Kevin O'Leary, otherwise known as Mr. Wonderful, when he blatantly says to someone that he thinks is a bad idea, he'll actually shout at them, take your idea behind the barn and shoot it. Do yourself a favor. I squirm in my seat, I can tell you, every time he does it. It's heartbreaking for the entrepreneur, but on some of the level, I always find myself feeling some level of relief when Kevin is at least telling them like it is, right? So here's my spin on the whole thing. Tell an inventor that he's not going to succeed because he doesn't have the business acumen to bring it to market, fine. But I think you have to find a good way of saying it, okay? I want to cite, for example, someone that I'm very close to, my good friend Liz, who I can tell you she's had a business idea every six months for the 30 years I've known her. Between you and me, not one single idea has any merit. When she's wildly enthusiastic about her latest idea, her latest invention, I always say, Lizzie, great idea, but I wouldn't spend a lot of time on it. And why am I doing this? Because I hate to see her put her resources in terms of energy and money poured into a new idea that I don't think is going to work. But what I also do is I share with her what I think the tripwires are or what the weaknesses to the idea are. So she kind of sharpens her eye toward that. But then I encourage her, go give it a twist, go give it a whirl. But I don't have her spend a lot of time on it. I discourage that. And you know what? That for me is the compromise I've hit. And with inventors that I meet that have a phenomenal idea and I don't think they have the business acumen to bring it to market, you know what I try so hard to do? Who do I know who'd make a great partner for this inventor to actually take this phenomenal idea and make it happen and make money? Because that's the missing link. 
That's the missing half, in fact. And so that's where I've landed on this whole topic. I just thought I'd share it with you. You're listening to Business Unusual with Barbara Corcoran. And now it's time to answer your questions on Business Unusual. Cedric from Sarasota, Florida asks, how can I tell the difference between negative comments and constructive criticism? Well, Cedric, there's a huge difference and it's all in the person's intent. That's what I would say. What's their intention? I think when you hear a criticism, you have to stop and ask yourself this question. Is that person saying that to me to really help me on something that I'm actually able to change? Well, if so, that's a constructive critique, which you want to take, think about, change, and run with. But if it's simply a throwaway comment meant to say what's wrong with you, what's wrong with what you're doing on something that you likely can change, that's just a mean-spirited son of a gun. And you should just dismiss it like you never even heard it. I think we all know when we're eight years old, we're in the playground and somebody puts us down. We know to say, hey, that's a mean kid. We know it clears a bell. But when we get older, we are more sophisticated. And as adults, when somebody's just a mean kid, we try to assign different meanings to it, sometimes false meanings, or interpret it differently, or couch it, or trim it up. But I think what you have to ask is, what does it feel like? Our heart never misleads us. Does it feel like a put-down? Or does it feel like someone's extending a helping hand? That's the difference between negative comments and constructive criticism. John from Tifton, Georgia asks, how do you choose where to concentrate your efforts if you're good at a lot of things? Oh, lucky you, John. Not a lot of people can say that. But you have an embarrassment of riches. I think it's smart to sit down when you think you're really gifted with a lot of great assets and ask yourself, what is it that I most enjoy doing? What gives me the greatest satisfaction? And then I think it's smart to pick only one or two, two the most. You know, the whole world is filled with people that have magnificent talents, a long list. But these very same people are usually the people that will spend their whole life trying to decide which one they should build a career on. It's a problem. Give me a guy that's only smart at two things and he's got a better shot at getting great success in life than some guy who thinks he's incredible at a lot of stuff. So I would say, John, just pick one, maybe two, and get going with it. The whole time, if it doesn't work out, remember, you have this wonderful list of talents that you know you could fall back on and maybe pick two more five years down the road. From Raul, this question, how can a working parent find time to be an entrepreneur and still do parent stuff? (laughs) If you're a parent and a loving one, The kids always come first. That's the way it is. And trying to be a great entrepreneur while being a great parent is an enormous challenge. I speak from experience that kids can get in the way of your focus, your energy, your time, your entire concentration. And anybody who's listening who's a parent is nodding in agreement, I have no doubt. But I luckily started my business young, before I ever had kids. And I had 20 years, think about that, 20 uninterrupted, not distracted years to build a business before I had my first kid at 46. And I can tell you, I could have never built the business if I had my children earlier. 
You can have it all, but you can have it in stages, one piece at a time, and that's exactly what I did. There are many, many successful businesses built by young parents. I'm not saying you can't do it as a parent. But from what I've seen, these are the businesses that succeed because they're partnerships. One parent in business with another parent. I think partnerships with two parents in business with each other work because when you have your kids, you can only throw 50% of your energy at your business. You need to get the other 50% from someone else. And who better to get that 50% from than someone else who's in the same boat as you? So that's my spin on having kids and building a business at the same time. If you're the person responsible for your kids, be aware it's a very, if not impossible, test to build a big business. So go out, find yourself a partner. And that's all the questions we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Business Unusual is part of the iHeartRadio podcast network. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.